listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tbcweb.com. I love that uh, Pastor Jeff gave us that, that video because during the office during the week, I have this secret theory that because Pastor F always shuts his door, shuts the blinds, and says, do not disturb. And so I just had the secret theory that all he does is play solitaire all day. So it was, it was proven. <laughs> but really, I, I'm so, so, so blessed by Pastor Jeff's leadership to us here at the church and, and just all the vision that, that he gives here. I, I'm, I'm extremely blessed, so I'm glad that he's getting this time because I just know when he comes back, he's going to just bring something so great uh, going forward for us. Uh, so let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a really busy day, and so you a lot going on, a busy day, and you come home, and you go to your significant other, or, or someone that you're close to, and you're like, oh man, I had such a busy day, which is actually code word for, hey, I want to tell you about my busy day. And, and so the other person is like listening, and of course, uh, in their head, they're saying, you said the same thing yesterday, uh, I know you're busy, and so am I, but they're nice, and they say, yeah, tell me about your day. Why was it so busy? And then the person that asked the question or, or said that now is excited because they get to talk about their day. And so something like, hey, I woke up really early this morning at like 6.30 this morning, and I was going to get to work, and I was going to get stuff done early, but when I got there, there was like 50 meetings that I had to do. And I could hardly get to any of my work, but then I had to get to my work, so I kept working. I did this task. I did that task, and you're, you're just describing everything that's going on. And, and, then, and then like after that, I had to go to the Secretary of State, and that sucked. And then I had to go get groceries, and I had to do all these things. And then you're like, by the end of the day, and I'm not talking the extra stuff, just work hours. I worked 11.75 hours today. And you just feel good, right? And then the other person's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, you're so busy. But inside, they're like, I'm just as busy, but I don't need to talk about it. And, and so I think it's true that we're all one of those two people. We're either the person that loves to talk about how busy we are, or we're the person that's just as busy as that person, but we don't need to talk about it. Uh, I would say that I'm actually the person that uh, talks about it. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, but I was thinking about this idea of why we do this. And I think the, the answer is simple. Because it's true. It's true. We are actually that busy. Maybe, uh, you know, I add a little bit of drama when I explain it. But I actually am that busy. You're actually that busy. The reason that we talk about how busy we are is because it's true. I think we live in, in a time uh, where we can be more busy than ever. There's always something going on. And, and what happens when we're busy is it leads us to being overwhelmed. It leads us to being overwhelmed. And I'm pretty sure many of us today can say that we've had maybe an overwhelming week uh, or a couple weeks or that we've had a couple days that maybe we're overwhelming. And what happens when we're so busy and we get overwhelmed, the next thing that happens is I like to call the stress monster. The stress monster. And, and stress comes in our life. And so there's this, uh, there's this guy who's called Tim Urban. And he did a TED Talk uh, talking about procrastination and what the brain looks like in procrastination. And I loved what he did so much that I took that idea and made it about stress. And, and so uh, this idea, it comes from his creative juices, but I made it my own. And uh, I'm going to show you some artwork here as well in a second. And uh, so I took some ideas from him, but this is all original artwork, okay? So I could have hired somebody, but uh, this is the human brain. I'm also a scientist. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, so this is the human brain. 
And this is the responsible conductor. So this is what's happening. When, we're, when life's coming at us, life comes at us all the time, right? And so let's say uh, the bills are, are due. The responsible conductor then says, oh, we need to make a budget. Oh, it's going to be okay. We have this planned out. We're going to pay it on time. Everything's good. And then that day you get in, in a car accident in the parking lot. And, and instead of getting upset, the responsible conductor said, hey, it's okay. We have insurance. It's going to be fine. Don't swear at them. You're Christian. Remember. And, and, you know, everything's good. And then life comes at you. Life comes at you. Everything's good because you have the responsible conductor who's being responsible with how life is coming at you. But there's also another character uh, that I like to call the stress monster. So there's the stress monster. And so it's okay. He, he comes in every once in a while, checks things out. But, you know, if the responsible conductor is doing what he's supposed to do, everything's good. The, the stress monster stays away. And that's good. But what happens is life. And we get busy. And we get overwhelmed. And we get more overwhelmed. And after a while, there's so many life things happening that the responsible conductor is getting tired and getting more tired and trying to make all these good decisions. And what happens eventually he gets tired. So he, he's at the wheel of your life, but he's still tired. And, and then this is the moment the stress monster has been looking for. Just waiting and creeping for this moment. And what happens, and this, this is a scary thing for us, because when this happens, the stress monster takes over. And so this is him. And here we are saying, I'm so stressed, and he's all about stress. Stress, 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 stress. And so what this looks like, now the bills are due. Instead of saying, oh, I have a budget, everything's good, you're like, ah, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to get this bill paid in time. I don't have enough money. I don't, I need a race. I need this. I can't do this. And you start to freak out, and the stress takes over. And then you get in an accident, and that's when you start to cuss and start to swear because you're so stressed. And you start to say, oh, I can't do this. Life just keeps coming at me. And then life comes at you, and you no longer have the responsible conductor, conductor at the wheel. You have stress. You have the stress monster. And so what happens is this is a, a silly uh, analogy, but I would say that this is a pretty realistic picture of where a lot of us are. On a, a day-to-day basis, maybe. Some of us maybe week-to-week. That stress kind of rules our life. And what happens when stress rules our life is it opens the door for a lot of things in our life, like anxiety and just different things that we deal with. And honestly, if you're trying to be any kind of discipline, stress throws that right out, right out the window. So if you're trying to be disciplined with exercise or, or eating healthy or reading your Bible, when stress comes in, when the stress monster is leading your life, those things start to, start to fall away. Because you can, when you're stressed, you're so focused on everything that's going on, you, just, you feel like you can't do those things. You feel like you don't have time for those things. And, and there are healthy types of stress. You know, stress, stress was meant to be this thing to maybe help you get something done, meant to protect you. But what's happened in our culture is there's been this chronic overwhelm that leads to chronic stress. And that means not just stress once in a while when you need it, but stress every day. And, and I won't stay on this long, but I want to hit, there, there are physical side effects of stress in your life. When it's unhealthy stress that's not taken care of in a healthy way, I was doing some research, and they say that every, every year that you stay in a constant state of stress ages you six years. And so what that means is like that chronic stress where you're stressed every day. The, the idea is, oh, I'm so stressed, and that's something that happens every day, and it's eating at you every day for a constant year that ages you six years. That's a lot of wrinkles in one year. 
It's a lot of wrinkles. Thanks, Stace. Stress can lead to physical symptoms including headaches, so there's stress headaches, upset stomach, elevated blood pressure, chest pain, problems sleeping, uh, and also, oftentimes with stress you want to numb it so it leads to alcohol, drugs, different things like that. And the Occupational Safety and Health Administration declared that stress is a hazard in the workplace. It's a hazard in the workplace. So it's safe to say that stress is an issue in our culture. And it's safe to say that stress is an issue in our lives. And I believe unhealthy stress isn't just something that affects our physical bodies, but I actually think more than that, it affects us spiritually. And what I mean like that, it, by that is it affects our relationship with God. That when we're so stressed, I believe it starts to pull us away from God. A couple years ago, probably like three years ago now, right before I was coming on staff at TVC. So this was my last uh, year, in, or last little season in mission work. And so I knew I was coming here, and I was so excited for it. I was like, this is going to be the best mission trip ever. This is going to be the best time ever. And I was getting really excited. But it actually ended up being one of my, like, my worst season in missions ever, and one of my worst seasons in general. Because what happened is, and now I'm going to do one of those things where I tell you how busy I was. And so <laughs> I was... I was leading about 12 young people and, and like 18, 19 year olds and, and trying to mentor them, trying to help them navigate life. So that's already a lot in itself. And then also I was planning a trip to Berlin where we were going to be working with the refugees there. So, you know, you got to plan all that kind of stuff, finances, missions, all that stuff. Uh, and on top of that, I had just started a relationship with who would be my future fiance, uh, but we were long distance. And so I found out that I was really bad at long distance. And so there's a lot of things that were going on in my life that started to create stress in my life. And, I, I, and it was stress that was unchecked. So I, I kind of went down this road where I kept letting stress rule me a little bit more and more and to where actually it was starting to affect my, my day-to-day life. And what happened is where I would normally be hanging out in the community and pouring in, I found myself be- becoming isolated. And so what that meant, when I would normally be out doing everything, I would actually just go home after everything was done, and I would just sit in my room. And I, I began to become isolated. And when I was used to spend intentional time with Jesus every day, I stopped doing that. And what happened is I started to do this. I started to drift away from my relationship with God. And it's so weird because I'm in this spot. I'm in mission work. I'm serving God. I'm serving people. But I felt like I was actually drifting away from people and drifting away from God. And I didn't know it in that season. But looking back and reflecting now, I see that stress was the main thing that did that. That what happens when we stress and it brings us away from God, I believe our hearts begin to harden. When we're so stressed, sometimes we feel like we can't connect with God. And when we don't do that, when we're not getting that connection with God, I believe our hearts begin to harden. And so looking back at that season, I really believe that my heart was being hardened towards God. And I look back on it, and what it did is it stress led to me hardening my heart, so it led to me missing what was in front of me in the moment. Stress makes you miss what's in front of you in the moment. So I was missing these amazing connections and community that I could have been growing. I'm missing what God was doing, and I found myself just away from all of that. And I look back at it, I'm like, man, I wish that I would have handled stress differently in this season. And what happens when you start to have a hardened heart is I believe it starts any convictions that you kind of had 
all of a sudden those convictions aren't there anymore when your heart gets hardened. And so I used to have a conviction at this moment where, you were, where I needed to be in community, that I'm against isolation, I don't want to isolate myself. I was convicted that even when I didn't feel like it, I needed to be part of community. And that conviction was gone. I used to have a conviction where I needed to spend time with Jesus every single day and I no longer had that conviction. And my heart was becoming hardened. And I look back in that season and wish that I would have handled things differently. And so what happens when we let stress lead our life for too long, I believe our hearts begin to get hardened towards God. I want to read a verse for you. It's not the funnest verse to, to read. Um, it, it's talking to believers who uh, were basically getting told, hey, don't act how you were before you were a believer. And this is what it says in Ephesians 3.18. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. It's, like I said, not a fun verse. And, and I think the first part of this verse is referring to me in that story. That luckily, you know, I had people around me that came and helped me through the season, but my heart did start to get hardened. And what that did is it started to separate me from a life with God that I was missing out in the moment, in the day-to-day -day stuff that was going on, I was missing God because I had begun to harden my heart. But the next part of the verse is the scary part, that if we keep going down that road, if we let stress lead us for too long and we let our hearts get hardened and then we continue to let our hearts get more hardened and more hardened from God, that's when true conviction starts to leave us. And I believe when we let stress rule in our hearts for too long, it's a path to sin. That's a path to go to, down these roads that are unhealthy for us. Isolation, away from people. It can lead to addictions. That when a heart is unchecked and becomes hardened towards God, it's easy for us to no longer have those convictions. And I, I believe that stress leads us down that path when it's unchecked. And the thing about our culture is I think we embrace stress. I think oftentimes we kind of even sometimes wear as a badge. Like, oh, I'm so stressed, I'm so busy. And it's something we say and we embrace. And I really think that we shouldn't. That we shouldn't be embracing this idea of stress that it's permanent in our life. That we have to deal with it every day. That it's our go-to. That stress becomes comfort in our life. Because we can talk about it. And it's comfort in the midst of busyness. I really do think that stress is a killer in our life. Not only a killer to our bodies, but stress is a killer to our relationship with God. And so now that we just remembered about how messed up we are, and if we were stressed, now we're even more stressed, uh, maybe we should get some good news, to get some good news. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and read Matthew 11, 28 to 31. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It's like God is God or something, and he, he knew what's going to happen. He knew that we were going to be busy. He knew that we were going to be overwhelmed. He knew that we were going to be stressed. He knew what stress, he knows what stress does. He knows it leads to a hardening of our hearts. So what he said is, hey, if you come to me, I can give you that much needed rest that you need. And the thing is, I don't think that it's, he's talking about physical rest here. I think he's talking about spiritual rest. 
I think he's talking about rest for our souls. Rest for our spirits. Spirit. That God's saying, hey, come to me and I'll give you rest. So we need spiritual rest in our life. And so, so what does that look like? What does spiritual rest look like? Well, I like to go back to Genesis, uh, the creation story. So I'm going to paraphrase for you guys really quick. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and created everything. So each day he's creating something new and it's awesome. The animals, the, the, the waters, the, the lands, all of it. On the sixth day, he created man. He created Adam and from Adam, Eve. And it's a great day. Day six is awesome. He creates Adam. And then in Genesis 1.31, it says, God saw that all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And so I like to put myself, I, I, I like to put myself in these stories. And specifically Adam in this story, I like to put myself in there. So God creates them, and so Adam's, whatever it looks like to be created, he's like, whoa, the world, this is awesome. And it's, it's day six, so God's like telling them his marching orders. He's like, hey, Adam, guess what? You're going to have dominion over this place. And you're going to do this. And you're going to name all the animals. That's going to be fun. And you're going to do all these things. And so he's telling Adam all these things that he's going to do. And Adam's like, awesome, let's go. And God's like, well, actually, Adam, uh, it's nighttime. So that means you're going to go to sleep. And he's like, what, what's sleep? And he's like, I'll show you. So, you know, then there's that verse. There was, there was evening and morning the, the sixth day. And so the first thing that Adam ever did after he was created was sleep. Before he did anything. And I think this is talking about physical rest. He actually got some physical rest. And then in Genesis 2, 1 through 3, it says this. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And this is already a cool story, right? The God, all-powerful God who created everything, who really probably doesn't need rest, he rests. He rested. And that's how I think we normally look at this story. We say, oh, God rested, so we need to rest. But I want to go into Adam's perspective again. So Adam wakes up. He's like, all right, God, you were right. Sleep is awesome. My body feels great. Now I'm ready to go. Let's get work done. And God goes, well, actually today, Adam, we're going to rest. He's like, what? Like, what do you mean, God? Like, I want to do all these things for you. Like, I want to serve you. I know that it's going to be a lot of hard work, and I know it's going to be busy, but I want to do this. I want to do all this work. And I just see God smiling in this moment and saying, hey, today is less about physical rest, but today is about spiritual rest. And I can see him looking at Adam saying, you're going to have a lot of time, a lot of hard work in front of you. You're going to have a lot of hard work. And you're going to have busy days, and you're going to be stressed, and you're going to feel all these things. But I want you to remember this moment. Before you do anything else, I want to spend time with you, Adam. I want to spend the day with you. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to refresh your soul. I want to refresh your spirit. And then you can go do stuff. But I want to let you know, before anything else, before anything you do, I want to spend time with you. And I know I, I'm making up some of this dialogue, but I think it's true. And I think it's what Jesus is saying when he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That Jesus is saying, we need spiritual rest. 
We need spiritual rest in our life. I would say even more than physical rest. We need rest for our souls. So how do we experience spiritual rest? What does that look like? And I think Jesus talks about it here. And I think it's this. You yoke yourself to Jesus. You yoke yourself to Jesus. And so what does that mean? Yoke, the definition of yoke is fitted on the neck of an oxen for the purpose of binding them to the traces by which they draw their plow. Essentially, when you put it on, the, you, you yoke the two oxen together so they would kind of do what you want them to do, right? And, and essentially, when you use the word yoke, you could say that it is in submission of something. That's, that's the way that it's used. So if you're yoked to someone or yoked to something, you're in submission to that someone or that something. That's what yoked means. And, and so... I think, as I'm thinking about this word yoked, I think we are all yoked to something. And I think Jesus used this terminology on purpose. That we're all in submission to something whether we like it or not. So are we in submission to Jesus? Are we in submission to our stress? We're all in submission. We're all yoked to something. So what is that? And I think Isaiah talks about this as well. Isaiah 58, 6. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loosen the chains of injustice and tie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. So God's saying here that we are yoked to things that are not good. That he wants to break those yokes. Because we're yoked to things that will lead us down bad paths. We're, and I would say that many of us are probably yoked to stress. That we're in submission to the stress in our life. Stress says go this way, we go that way. Stress says act this way, we act that way. And, and so it's, it's, we're in submission. But Jesus is saying, hey, I know that you guys know what it's like to be yoked to something, but I want you to be yoked to me because guess what? My burden is light. And my yoke is easy. And I did a little bit more research on, on oxen, and it's pretty cool. So when they paired oxen together, they would get a, a veteran experienced oxen and pair them with a, a young oxen that had a lot of potential. And the reason they would do that is because the young oxen would learn from the older oxen. And so when Jesus is saying, hey, come to me, and yoke with me, saying, come learn with me. And essentially, I think he's saying, come spend time with me. Come be in relationship with me. Because if you're in relationship with me, and not just the kind where I say I follow Jesus, but the kind where you're in the intentional relationship with learning and being with Jesus, he says, your yoke will be easy. Because my yoke is easy. He's saying, if you want spiritual rest in your life, if you're, if you're so tired all the time, and I know some of us can relate with this, where he said, I've got enough physical rest, why am I always so tired? Jesus is saying, if that's you, if you need that spiritual rest, yoke yourself to me, be in relationship with me, be intentional about your relationship with Jesus. And that's what it means to have spiritual rest. That if we can choose to have intentional, intimate relationship with Jesus, he promises us spiritual rest. If someone were to ask me the question, hey, how do you get spiritual rest? Just a simple answer, I would say, spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. That if you're tired these days, and you're exhausted, and you're overwhelmed, and stress is leading your life, spend time with Jesus. Give him that control. And, and it sounds awesome, right? So Jesus is saying, hey, if you come to me, you know, I, I'll make things easier for you, right? It sounds awesome. So why is it so hard for us? 
And I think it's because it requires something from us. And this is something that probably none of us want to hear. To be yoked to Jesus requires us to let go of our control. Because to be yoked means to be submitted. We can't be submitted to two things fully. So to fully be yoked to Jesus, to fully experience that spiritual rest that he promises and offers, we have to let go of control in our life. And we have to say, Jesus, we trust your leadership. Lord, we got to say, I don't have it all figured up. My leadership actually stinks. God, that I actually need your leadership in my life. Jesus, I need you. I need that rest. To humble our hearts and say, Jesus, I don't have it figured out, but I need you because I'm sick of this stress. And I'm sick of what it's doing to my life. And I find my heart being hardened. But I need your leadership. So we must trust the leadership of Jesus for us to experience true spiritual rest. And I think that rest is, it's countercultural in our relationship. But again, rest is found in a relationship with Jesus. And I think for us, I don't know what that looks like for you, but I know maybe it looks like us just stopping and breathing and focusing on Jesus. I know I have to be intentional about listening to worship music. I have to be intentional about being in that position where my heart's looking at Jesus. Because at the end of the day, I truly believe that Jesus' leadership is better than anything else. In a relationship with Jesus, an intimate, personal, intentional relationship with Jesus is better than anything else. And I want to read a psalm for you. I I love the psalms. Uh, And I think this psalm, it's Psalm 23. Many of you probably know this. Uh, I think it's a perfect picture of the leadership of Jesus in our lives. It's a perfect picture of Jesus' leadership. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If we truly submit to Jesus, this is the leadership that he promised us in our life. That he promised us to lead us into rest. He promises to say, hey, I know life's busy. I know it's not going to get easier, but I can give you rest. I can equip you for what you need to walk into your calling, to walk into your everyday needs. And I, I was listening to a song this, this week, and it said, rest is our weapon. And doesn't that seem totally like counter, counter like what the word is? But if we actually want to fight these things in our life, the stress in our life that we're dealing with, rest is our weapon spiritual rest, getting time with Jesus because he loves us so much and he wants nothing more than just to spend time with you and refresh you and restore you. And I don't know what this means for you. I, don't, I, I feel like we all have a next step, but I, I don't know what that is for you. For me, personally, it means I need to repent. And, and I know it's our word. But once, once I, I chose to follow Jesus, right, I'm forgiven. 
I'm forgiven. No matter what I did, no matter what I'm doing, Jesus forgives me. But the thing about repentance on, on like a daily, weekly basis is I think it's a beautiful gift from God. Because what it does for me is it basically reminds me, God, I messed up. God, I'm not perfect. God, I've been trying to lead my own life. I've been trying to make everything work and it's not working and I'm sorry that I've been doing that. I want to follow your leadership in my life. I've not been resting. I've not been trusting you. I've been in isolation. I've let stress get the best of me. Lord, I don't want that. I want to turn from that and I want you to lead my life. That's what it looks like for me. Maybe that looks like for you. Maybe some of you, it's just, hey, I need to, I always will say this, just Carve in intentional time with Jesus every day. Just like anything else on your schedule. Carve that in. Get that refreshment that you need. And for some of you, it, it might be, hey, you're listening to this. And you're like, I don't think that I've ever had the leadership of Jesus in my life. Maybe you're here today. I'm like, I, I've never followed Jesus before. I've never experienced this rest that Jesus can bring. And maybe today you, you're someone that wants to make that decision to follow Jesus to follow his amazing leadership, to see how he brings rest into your life. And if that is you, I do want to give an opportunity right now for you to make that decision. And it's something that's between you and God. And so, so I, I'm going to walk through a prayer. And if that's you, um, if everyone wants to just close their eyes, bow their head. If that's you and you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, if you want to just raise your hand, you make eye contact with me. And then I'm going to lead us through a prayer. And you just do that kind of prayer in your heart. So if that's you, and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus today, follow his leadership, to get that rest in your life, you just want to raise your hand, make eye contact. If today's the day, then maybe you're saying, hey, I, I've been stressed out, but you want to follow Jesus. You want to see what that rest looks, looks like. You want to see what it's all about. Just raise your hand, make eye contact. All right. All right, so this is something that, again, I said that you do, but I'll, I'll just lead you through a prayer. Uh, Lord, I need you. Uh, I, I know that I, I've been trying to lead my life, and I want to give my life to your leadership. I want to follow you, Jesus. I know uh, that your ways are, are better than mine, so I choose to follow you. Would you come in, into my life? Would you be the leader of my life? Would you help me follow you the best that I can? Lord, I need you, and would you come in? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you did that, that's amazing. We want to celebrate that decision. That is awesome. There's uh, Seven Basics. Uh, it's a book that we have for you. If you want to take a couple more next steps, uh, that book's awesome. It's free. You can get it in the lobby. And so I just want to leave you guys with this. Let's spend time with Jesus. Let's get that rest that our hearts need because I know that I can't do it. I know that, that I need his leadership in my life. And, and so also, um, just the last thing, I, I think I want to leave you guys with this is uh, once we embrace the idea of stress in our, or not stress, rest in our life, we can then kick stress in the face. So uh, let's go out today. Let's kick stress in the face. Let's spend time with Jesus. Guys, have an amazing weekend, and we will have prayer people up here if you guys want some prayer.